When you're finding your voice, nothing else matters. No doubts, no insecurities, and no fears will interfere with that voice. There's no waiting for the perfect moment, and you certainly don't need anyone's permission. You are the voice. This podcast is a safe space for creatives and entrepreneurs to be themselves. I will help you get out of your head so that you can break up with your fears and get into your passion. With that being said, I am your host, Michelle Unveiled, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in to find your voice. Hashtag be the voice. Today we have a writer, producer, director, and published author. It is my pleasure to introduce Faiza Imani, episode 21, The Writer's Room. Hello, hello, Faiza. How are you doing? Hi, Michelle. I am awesome. I hope you are as well. Yes, yes. I am so happy to have you be a part of the Creative and Fearless series. I mean, this is going to be just an amazing time. There's so much to talk about, so much to cover. Mm-hmm. And I have a little surprise for you, too. Oh, wow. You didn't see well, this coming. Thank you for um, inviting me. I'm very honored to be here. So thanks for the invite. Yes, I can't yes, wait to see yes. what the surprise is. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> I oh, love oh. Well, so I am going to have to start out. You know, I wanted you to share with the listeners a time where you had to be your most creative. I mean, a time when you felt the most fearless and creative, I should say. Okay. A time where I felt the most fearless and creative would have to be when I first learned that I had um, a, a playwright gift or mantle on my life. Um, so I had just relocated to Los Angeles um, after coming off of the set working as crew with Tyler Perry. Um, so I had a situation where he laid hands on me on the set. And so I thought that was to, you know, stir up the acting gift or whatever. So I moved to LA, ready to just make it in the acting industry. And as soon as I got out there, it's like all these scripts just started popping in my brain. And um, yeah, so I started writing. And after I wrote it, I was like, well, now what? Like, well, now you got to produce it, which means now you got to cast it and you got to do, you know, go back to Atlanta, put on the stage play. So I was bold and I was fearless. One, because I'd never done it before. So I didn't know what I didn't know, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, So I wrote the script, put up the casting call, went back to Atlanta, cast it. That was the easy part, but I was bold with it. And I was bold with the rest of it. But of course we hit a stumbling block because like I said, I didn't know what I didn't know as far as getting the stage play funded, coming out of my own pocket. Um, you know, doing a play based on ticket sales. So yeah, I was bold. I was fearless because there was no fear there. I was walking into the unknown. So I really didn't have anything to be afraid of. Wow. That must have been so exciting too, though. I mean, it's like new and you're just taking this leap of faith out there. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was very exciting. Uh, My grandmother was a playwright. So once I discovered that gift was also on my life, I was like, just so excited because I felt like I was picking up where my grandmother left off. And I'm still bold and I would say that I'm still fearless. But when I first started, I was like, 
do whatever, <laughs> like completely 1000% fearless, not 100%, but 1000%. So yeah. listen, wow. And you have so many great things going on. I do want to share with the listeners how we actually met. Okay. Love's last episode. Wow. So I actually was in the audience um, for a couple of the shows on Clubhouse. And Clubhouse is a drop-in audio app for those that are listening. And um, it's a great place for creatives because we can do shows and audio dramas and really connect and network. But there was a, a show you did the stage play was it was a play first, right? It was a yes, stage right. play and you brought right. it to Clubhouse. Right. And so I'm sitting in the audience and I'm just, all I can remember was just like boohoo crying. Like I'm sitting up here texting my friends, like I'm in this, I didn't even know the name of the play. I just ended up in the room. You know how that happens sometimes on Clubhouse. You just right. end up in this room. Right. right. So I just end up in this room and I notice, oh, this is a play. This is like a show. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and I'm listening and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm boohoo and crying. I'm sending messages on Facebook. Like y'all need to download the Clubhouse app and get in this room right now because there's a powerful story being told. Mm-hmm. And I just really loved how you capture the experience of, you know, childhood molestation from the male's perspective. Mm-hmm. So I really would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about like how that even started, how you came up with the idea to do the stage play, you know, yeah. just all that. Okay. Well, um, so I think, I honestly believe this is just my personal belief. I honestly think that Tyler Perry laying hands on me had a lot to do with it because if you notice with we call him Mr. Perry, um, he writes most of his things for women. Most of his stage plays are for women and what women have gone through. Um, But I've never really seen him write anything for men. So after he laid hands, it's like the first thing I I went out jogging and I was listening to um, the radio and the song, this is our fork in the road, love's last episode. But when I heard the love's last episode, it stuck in my spirit. And so I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know if it was going to be a book or what it was going to be. Um, but so I meditated, thought about it, put it on the shelf for a couple of weeks. And then um, God just began to reveal to me Love's last episode is a stage play. It's about a character named Michael Love. And then I just began to be like, OK, God, well, it's about a man. What is Love's last episode about? Like what? Who is Michael Love? Like, what is this about? It's like Michael Love has issues. I'm like, OK, what kind of issues does he have, God? And then it's like he was molested when he was a child. And it just, it just began to come to me in bits and pieces. So I just, you know, made myself available and just wrote it. And the script just flowed out amazingly. Like, I never did a rewrite on the play. I never did. Like, the, the draft that you... Well, you, I, I'll take it back. After I did a few productions of it to switch it up a bit, I did add a character named Boaz. Like, you know, but this was like after it already been produced. But other than adding in Boaz, I've never done a revision on the script. Like God divinely gave every word to me. And yeah, it's it's personal to me because a lot of people that hear the title Love's Last Episode and they think it's this whole beautiful love story, which it is a love story. But it's really about men going through things such as what Michael Love went through, which was um, childhood molestation. Um, but men don't talk about stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm passionate about it because it deals with men and healing men and helping women to understand men 
better. Like, hey, just because he ain't talking to you and pushing you off don't mean he don't love you. He could just be going through some stuff. So yeah. that's how Love's last episode came about. Wow. And so it's so crazy because, you know, I remember the day you sent me the DM. And you're like, um, so you you wanna you wanna join the next show? And I'm like, okay, sure. I didn't even know which role <laughs> I was gonna play. Hey, I, I already had you picked out, like perfect. I was if, like, if, if oh we my were goodness. on stage, I'm like, look, she got the look for fantasy, so I know she can pull off the role, like acting wise. And I oh. tell you, Michelle, like I've had a lot of fantasies, but me and Alfred, the one who played Michael Love on Clubhouse. He and I both talked about you and we both agreed. We was like, the vulnerability of fantasy, like it just had me in tears. So you really went there on that role and it was just a blessing to work with you. But it is the chemistry between fantasy and Michael is amazing. And for the audience, fantasy is Michael Love's childhood sweetheart who they broke up and now they came back together. And now that they're back together, it's like, okay, fantasy, God has given, you know, fantasy's like, okay, God has given us a second chance, so let's do this. But Michael still got issues. So fantasy is there and she is sticking by his side. And yeah, but um, your vulnerability was very, very real for that. So thank you. Oh my goodness, that that means so much. I, first of all, I just want to thank you for the opportunity because when, I first accepted it. Like I said, I didn't even know which role. And then when you said fantasy, I was gotten a little nervous. <laughs> I was like, oh God. The lead, like, one of the leads, yeah. I was like, okay, so uh, <laughs> I didn't really audition for it. I'm like, how does she know? Are you sure? Are you Wait, I got discernment, sis. <laughs> when God say that's her, that's her. So yeah. I mean, I it took me to a place. Um, there are a lot of people that I know that that's happened to and there's just so many ways I connected to that story and it really just touched me to the core. I mean, the, I mean, literally touched me to the core and I just, I thank you. I, I'm so glad that it's back on stage now. Yes. When, when is the show coming May back? May 8th and 9th, 2022. So we actually, I'm getting ready to, most of the cast I'm still, of course, bringing from Clubhouse, but I do still have a few roles for people who are out of state, not able to make it. So I'm about the cast. We'll start rehearsals about in the next month and a half or so, but it's going to be at the Southwest um, Art Center in Atlanta, Georgia. Actually, Excellent. got to walk through on tomorrow. So, yep. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. Well, you know, one of the things that I also just really love about you is your passion for wanting to really do something different in the industry. Mm-hmm. You see the need for, you know, the underrepresentation, first of all, in, in, yes. in Hollywood, and you see the need to fix that, and you're doing yeah. something about it, you know. You want to do more writing and directing for really good roles yes. for people of color. That's, I feel like that's a calling for me. And I think that's one of the reasons, too, when I got the calling and before I wrote the script and you know, after Mr. Perry laid hands, I knew that my assignment was to write meaningful roles for people of color. And I did get some pushback from some colleagues about that, like, Faiza, you're a great writer. Why are you limiting yourself to African-Americans? And I'm like, because we don't see us enough on TV or in these roles, in these, you know, powerful roles. We see us as maids. We see us as drug addicts, as gangbangers. Like, no, we're so much more than that. So with every single script that I write, you will always find powerful African-American leads. 
when I'm casting, I'll put it up on backstage or wherever I'm casting, African-American. Some people submit who are not African-American and I respect that, but I mean, I do cast them for other roles, but all, my leads will always be strong African-American characters with meaningful roles, substance. That's excellent. That's excellent. So I am, um, I'm just, I'm excited because not everyone wants to take on that challenge, right? Yeah. And I love that you don't mind being And sometimes, apart. Michelle, sometimes, um, you know, I do think about it because I do have some other scripts that I haven't put out there yet. And, you know, it's like, well, you could, because one of the things about us as African-American people, we, um, and I try to be careful with my words, but in reality, a lot of times we don't support one another like other communities do. Perfect example, I um, went to see Hamilton and Hamilton, powerful stage play. I actually served because um, I volunteered at the Fox Theater as well as an usher. So I, you know, served uh, as an usher for Hamilton as well. But as I was watching it, I'm like, oh my God, 99% of the audience in here is Caucasian. And this is a play about rappers. And this is a Broadway play that is sold out around the globe. Why can't we do this? Like, why can't we put on this type of production and have this type of support? So it's like, I don't know. I've been talking to my mind, be going places, but I forgot what your question was. Yeah. It <laughs> well, no, no, that's, that's a good observation though. I mean, I know that's probably like, man, you want to, you don't really want to be put in a box, but then you, you just really want to do what, what, I don't know what's, what's working. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Yeah. So I have other scripts, um, you know, that's out there and mm -hmm. I've considered pitch, pitching it to Hollywood and, um, casting it with non-African-American actors because I know that they have the pool and exactly. I know that their community will support them and put it out there and blow it up. And mm -hmm. no, but that ain't your calling though. Yeah, I could turn Michael Love, I could turn Michael Love into somebody else of a different don't, race. Don't and it that. can blow up because don't the script is just that, you know, bragging on God, not myself, but the script that he gave me is just that awesome. But that's not what that's not my assignment. My assignment is to connect awesome African American. And my thing is like I have a passion for discovering unknown talent. Some of the actors that have been in my plays, I look now, they're on TV on a regular basis, on BET or in movies. Um, I also do other scripts. So I have a um, series called Choose and Chastity as well. But one of the actors in Choose and Chastity, she's in um, Tyler Perry's, um, what's it, Acrimony? As one oh, of yeah. the leaders when, you know, when they were younger in the young, and I'm like, God, you showing me all these people with all this amazing talent that's who I'm here for. Strong African-American actors who can compete with those who are on TV and in movies who haven't been discovered yet, but they're that awesome. Such as you, Michelle. Oh, and my. Like, you know, I'll be working with some powerful actors. Y'all just blow my mind, for real. Oh, my goodness. Don't you just love it? Don't you I just love, love it? it? I right? love it's the creative process. And it's like you never get the same thing every time I cast it. Like, the chemistry is always different between each character. Um, so yeah, it's just amazing to watch the whole thing come together from casting to production. Yes. You made a comment on Instagram one day and it was about, you were saying that you're not 
you know, the, I guess the, the material that you write, you're not the character. And so you allow the stories, the authentic stories to be told. Yes. And that, and, and that, that makes it so much different. That makes it so much powerful. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So that's a part of me uh, or my being bold and fearless or the fearless part, because my thing also, when I was first starting out, my foundation is Christian. That's who I am to the core. My beliefs are solid solid foundation in Jesus, but all my characters are not that way. So when I was first, when God gave me love's last episode, I hit a roadblock only for a couple of days because I'm the type of writer, my characters, they speak the script out. I don't, I know the, I know where I want to start. I know where I want to end, but I don't know what they're going to say in the middle. Um, so anyway, I sit down and I write and the characters just started speaking some of the things. Perfect example, Ray. <laughs> Ray is crazy. <laughs> but Ray would say some things. In my personal life, I don't curse. I don't use profanity. But my characters do. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like I only allow it in, you know, it, when it really makes sense to the role. So anyway, one of the things that I had to take the limits off of when I first started writing is one, I don't want to call myself a gospel playwright or a Christian playwright, because then you kind of lose the support of the church when you get out there and you start putting stuff out there when you may have a character who curses. And they're like, well, I thought she was supposed to be a Christian playwright. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian who writes, but I do inspirational stage plays based on reality. So that helped me, that freed me to become fearless because I will sit down and let my characters be who they really are. But in everything that I write, you're always gonna see a transformation process, just as you saw with Ray. You may start out cursing, but by the time it's over, you're gonna be you're gonna be born again. <laughs> Listen, okay. You're gonna be born again. So I do not lock my characters in, and I'm quick to tell people, look, I'm a Christian playwright, but all my characters don't have my beliefs. If I either yes. won't slap you or cut you, but some of my characters will slap you and cut you, and they will mm -hmm. tell you, you know, curse you out from A to Z. One word that I do not allow in my stage plays and all my character uh, cast who's worked with me before, um, if they ever hear that word, they'll look at me. Because, well, let me just say this also. Um, so I'm not the type of writer who's married to my script, and you already know this because you've worked with me. Um, I think, and I think that comes from also being an actress when you can not have to be worried about remembering the lines verbatim, and you can actually put your own spin on it. So I tell all my actors hey, look, this is my script, but you the character. So put your own twist on it. You can, you know, say this, say this, but I don't, and I have learned now to put in there, this is an off-limit word. Do not say this word. You can't say the GD word on my stage. You cannot say the GD word. Can I use God's name in vain? So that's the only restriction that I put on my characters. And of course, I don't use like all the other five syllable words and stuff like that. Right, so I'm right. keep PG-13. But yeah, other than that, like go with it. No yeah. yeah. I mean, that really creates a real, real story. I yeah. mean, there were so many people inboxing me afterwards, saved and unsaved, okay? Mm -hmm. But they were touched. And so, and that's what it's about. Yes, that's what it's about. And so, and it will never be the same twice. So it, it's some people come to see the play every time I do it because they know it's going to be different every time because of the liberty that I give to the cast. So you may do fantasy one way 
And the last fantasy did it a different way and had different lines or a different twist on the line. So it's different every time you see it. And if you haven't seen it, hey, show up on January the 8th and 9th at the Southwest Art Center and come see it. Because this time we're going to have Boaz in the play. And Boaz is a character for real. Oh, yeah. I, I heard you talk a little bit about Boaz. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boaz well, is well, well, one of the things I know that it's just evident in your work and how you present yourself and how you I, I can tell you have a heart to help people mm -hmm. like it's, it's just all over you. It's whether you felt like it or not, it's just all over you. And so I decided to have a guest um, join us in on, on well, join us on this conversation. I don't, I don't awesome. like to call it interviews. I hate to call it an interview because I really want it to feel like a conversation. Yeah. So, yes, I have a guest writer. Uh, she she's a, she's actually a lot. She's a writer. She's she does. Uh, she writes screenplays. She writes stage plays. She writes books. She Amazing. helps the youth. She's also a mom of three. Mm -hmm. And I think she could really use um just a little, a little powwow with you. You hey, know, I know that. Oh, I love it. Let's do yes. it. <laughs> she has a heart to help people too. And I just feel like that's what this show is all about. Mm -hmm. Helping creatives really just get out of their head because you yeah. know how we get stuck there sometimes. Right. right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and get them into their passion, into their calling. And that's mm -hmm. what this is all about. And I just wanted to do this like real time now that we have you on the show. And <laughs> yeah. I want you to just kind of share with her some advice. She might okay. want to pick your brain a little bit, but okay. let's just kind of have it. like a 20 minute powwow. And so I want to introduce you. She's in backstage now waiting. I know she, I can kind of <laughs> see her. She just jotting down notes and everything. So she probably <laughs> already didn't learn a whole lot, but I'm going to bring her in. I'll see her. All right. Latanya, you there? <laughs> Yes, I am. I'm hanging oh. on every word I am <laughs> yes. here. Hi. Yes, yes. How, how are you, Miss Faiza? I am blessed. I hope you are as well. Nice awesome. to virtually meet you. Yes, same thing. And thank you so much, Michelle, for this opportunity. Wow. So I want you to definitely, you know, let's just talk. I mean, this is definitely a time to any of those questions you've always wanted to ask a, a film director and writer? I mean, this is your time. Just let it out. I mean, because though there's people listening that have ideas that they want to get out and they probably got stories that's just sitting there collecting dust mm -hmm. and we got to do something about that. So let's talk. Yes. Um, one, uh, one question that has been a cloud for me is mm -hmm. what is the focus point for your creativity? Because I receive stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. There's no stopping it. How mm -hmm. do you focus it to just to get my it focus and my filter? Um, my thing is I don't write anything unless it has meaning. I don't write anything unless it has a purpose behind it. And I, I don't know. It's like God has just wired me that way. Even with my books, like, um, it's a whole lot of stuff that I could write, like, but at the end of the day, what's the purpose? Is this going to help somebody? Is this going to bless somebody? Or otherwise, to me, it's just a waste of ink. So for me, it's got to have a message in it. It's got to have something in it, not necessarily being preachy, but it's got to be something in it that somebody can walk away 
and um, somehow use something that was said or something that was written to make their lives better. So, yeah. And thank you. Thank you for that, by the way. Yes. Um, I want to skip to my fourth question because you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Um, um, loving your craft enough to let it lead you. Mm -hmm. Do you cross your genres when you're writing? Do you go from, okay, this is where um, we're going to do a, a stage play on or whatever you, you want to do to, let's say I want to write sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Let's say I want to write a love story today. Mm -hmm. oh, I'm not feeling a love story today. I mm -hmm. just want to write a drama that's mm -hmm. just for vocals only. Yeah. How do you keep, do you let it lead you to those points? I do let it lead me to those points. Um, like I said, my, everything that I write as far as scripts go is strictly character led. And it's kind of like that on my um, Choose Chastity series. Choose and Chastity, it's drama but it's also comedy. So I let the two mix. And I honestly, when I came up with it, I thought it was gonna be more serious, but as I allowed my characters to be themselves, it ended up being like, oh, that was funny what he just said. So I just let it develop into whatever it is. Cause I find when you put your own limits on it, as far as what you want it to be, it stifles the creative process. So I think one of the best ways to be as a writer, I know they have all these rules that you should follow. And I think Michelle, going back to being fearless, sometimes it helps to not know the rules. Cause when you don't know the rules, I didn't know the rules when I wrote Love's last episode. I, well, I didn't even try to study the rules when I wrote Choosing Chastity and the Battle of Jericho and other scripts. Cause it's like, I don't want those rules. Those are your rules. Your rules do not control my creativity. But when you try to put rules on it or you have to do it this way, and you can't let the lines blur. You can't cross over from drama to sci-fi. Okay, you may not have been able to do it, but I can do it if I want to do it. So I would just say, take those limits off and write whatever is in your heart. Let your characters lead you. And as you write, it's like, forget about what people are going to think, because even if you think about what people are going to think about it, that's also going to put a roadblock up, give you writer's block. So the best way to do is just sit down with that pen and that paper or computer, laptop, however you write, and just take the limits off. Let the words flow and let the story go wherever it's going to go without you being a part of it. It's like you're just um, picture yourself like. You're just over this baby and you're watching it develop, but you don't know how it's going to develop, if that makes sense. Wow. Like God watches over the world, right? He's mm -hmm. above and he sees everything that's going on and he allows it to happen. We have control over it down here. So as you're writing the play, you're not God, but it's like see yourself as that type where you're creating this and you're watching over it, but you don't have control over it. Your characters have control over it. And you let the characters go wherever they want to go, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. um, oh, wow. Um, I get in trouble a lot because I like many different things. Mm -hmm. I, I write cross genres all the time, but I really love sci-fi. Mm -hmm. And you said something about the unknown. And mm -hmm. I'm all when I'm in a writer's group and we're like talking um, I went through like a nutshell workshop in um, Austin, Texas, mm -hmm. and um, I created a world and they said, you know what, you're African-American. Mm -hmm. How is this sci-fi? 
You know, mm -hmm. we don't get many of you guys to write sci-fi. You should just stick to your stage plays. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a little different for me. Yeah. So sure. I could write stage plays really well, but I love, you know, talking do what you about love. When you right. do what you love, that's when it flows. And anybody telling you to do something other than what you love, you know, that's who you need to get away from and not take advice from. Now, for me, when I first started out and I first did Love's last episode and put it out there that I was a producer, director, playwright back in 2012, all of a sudden on social media, I started getting all these invites to do these writers groups and stuff. And it just vexed me every time I got the invitation because I'm like, I don't see Tyler Perry in this writers group. I don't see Zakarius Johnson in this writers group. So it's like either you can stay in the group or you can break out of the group mm -hmm. if that makes sense so it's like i'm not trying to be like everybody else i'm trying to be different so i'm not trying to blend in and get your ideas and do all it you won't see me in a writer's group because i feel like i'm called not that i'm any better than anybody but i'm like i don't see the greats in a writer's group if that makes sense yeah yeah and they, i did they that early on and they, they're mentors that they learn from and they study from but don't put me in a group or a clique because when you get in the groups and the cliques their ideas become your ideas either you're going to be the majority or they're going to be the majority and you're one person in this group so obviously you're not going to be the majority so I, I i stay away from groups but i'm not telling you to stay away from groups but if it's a group like the one you just mentioned Definitely stay away from that group. You write what God has put in your heart to do. And if it's never been done before, you be the first one to do it. Right. If you want to be that sci-fi writer, and we need sci-fi writers. We do not have enough sci-fi. I don't do the whole horror thing, but we don't have horror. We don't have those in the African-American community. Why not? We have amazing writers, amazing talent. And I believe it's because they're looking around like, well, they ain't never been done before, so... Why? You be the first one to do it. Yeah. And and most of the writer writers groups that you know I used to be a part of, that was years ago. Mm -hmm. But that was developing the confidence. Okay. You know, like moving to a new city. No one knows me out here. They know me back in, you know, where I was. Mm -hmm. But look, I just want to be able, you know, this yeah. I'm a good you know, I'm a good writer, you know. Yeah. Am, am I a good writer? You know, <laughs> you see, like I said, that's why I don't believe in the groups. Like, yeah, you, you know what you got, you know what God done put down inside of you. You don't need nobody else's opinion to affirm it, confirm it. None of that. If it wasn't in you, you wouldn't want to do it. So mm -hmm. I say step out there and do it and just be careful about the groups, you know, that you join. I don't even let people read my scripts when I'm writing my scripts. I don't ask a writer for their opinion. One, because I pray and God gives it to me. God don't need your opinion. He don't need a second opinion. True. I write it as God gives it and I put it out there. And sometimes if you're not careful in a writer's group, you'll have other writers who get jealous or secretly jealous because your script is better than theirs. So you let them read it and they're like, uh, I don't think you should do that. Uh, I don't think you should say that. Well, one, who are you? Mm. Is your stuff on the screen? This is what God gave me. So you don't, if you are in a writer's group, you don't let their opinions persuade what's on your paper if that came out of your heart because it came out of your heart for a reason. Right. So, wow. that's, that's awesome. That's my opinion. <laughs> um, one thing that you said, um, and, and you know, I, I, the confidence thing is something that I had to build over years. I'm not going to even sit here and say, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, is doing them and doing them and just everything falling into place. I really can relate to that when you're putting together, like, I'm, I'm not saying small time stuff is just because you did them in church. That's yeah. really big time because that's that where I started. Builds, right. That really yeah, builds your, your, um, your, your mental. It does. Um, My first stage play was like in 2005. It was what God wants for Christmas is you. I was a lead actor. I was a singer. I was like, I was everything, but it was my stage play. And to me, it was the bomb. So it started off small, but hey, thank God for small beginnings. So anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you add any other elements to your, um, to any of your writings? When you say um, any other elements, what do you mean? So, like, I like I don't know. My mind is like, I always say my mind is like space age mind because mm-hmm. I just like a whole bowl of fruit when I'm yep. looking at something. So okay. I'll do dances. Mm-hmm. I'll do video. Okay. I'll do live acting. Uh-huh. I'll do poetry. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, do, mm-hmm. is, is that like, is that too, <laughs> I always think, is that too much? You know, is that, what do you... You mean like, is it too much to put in a stage play? Or just a production, because I, production. A person that wants to, because I notice now the trend is to add add a lot of stuff in Mm -hmm. to keep the entertain, entertain, the entertainer entertain. So can you go too far off the rails? So um, I've, I've seen things just maybe just browsing television where they've had those things that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It was live. They had a dance. Mm-hmm. Then it was cut to the screen. It turned into a movie. Then they okay. came back to the stage. Okay. So it was. So for me, that's a lot. Um, right? But hey, I mean, if it's on TV, hey, it worked for somebody, right? So I feel like you got to do it the way God gave it to you to do it. Maybe it's never been done before. So I'm not one to say that you shouldn't do it. It's just, do you believe that this is what God gave you to do? And if he gave it to you to do it that way, it's going to work for you. Um, I hope y'all can hear my landscapers in <laughs> the background. Okay, good. But you got to do it the way God gave it to you to do it. Me personally, I wouldn't be all over the place. That's just not my style. Um, for me, you will never see singers, for example. You'll never see singers in a stage play where you're jumping from. And I love the people who do it. I support the people. Hey, the person who laid hands on me does it. <laughs> where they go to singing and jump right back to acting. But for me as an actor, I feel like it's hard to transition from singing to getting back into, you know, that character where, where, where you really need to be. That's just my personal opinion. So for my shows, there's music over the tracks to set the scene, but you'll never hear an actor break out to singing. Even with fantasy, there is singing, but there's lip singing, lip syncing. You're not singing for real because I don't want you to sing. I want you to stay in character with just the, the monologue part of it. So that's really interesting. Not my style personally, but if that's the way God gave it to you, then I always say go with what God says and not what other people say. Yeah, so more probably. I'm, I'm not saying that it isn't better, but you know, less is more. Usually, yeah, less, more, more impact. You don't want to confuse impact. your audience and have them be like, "What in the world?" You know, is going on. But if it works and it fits and it goes together, do it and do it with excellence. So, Ooh. yeah, I got one last question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it. I, I do I love it. it. Hey, this is hey. awesome. I, I love it. I know. Um, so. I 
love when you said that you write roles with death. Mm -hmm. um, it is important for us to see um, black families thrive, but not so not all not just the black family family like wife and husband and children, mm -hmm. but also the friends on the outside. Exactly. Right. So. Yeah. And you say there's packed out stages for, you know, packed stages, I mean, studios for mm -hmm. these particular um, shows. But then for us, it's kind of like, uh, uh, lackluster, yeah. you know. So how do you um, raise awareness to people that don't know that this is needed to see? Because seeing, you know, is, is programming. We want to reprogram. So when you say, how do you raise awareness? Um, how to raise awareness where? Like in the industry with the ones that make the powers or just within our community? Well, I would say within our community first, mm -hmm. or I don't know who else would be able to get the people to say that this is needed. You do like what you see on TV all the time does not appeal to your subconscious mind. But yeah. if you come and you're in the vibrations of a great play like what what you have mm -hmm. this is something that can reprogram generations yeah so how do we i honestly just my personal opinion i think that our community already knows it but the thing about our community and this is what i was talking to you about michelle earlier our community we don't support one another and honestly, I think it goes way back to slavery days where it's like you got the crabs in the barrel mentality. You don't want one person to go higher than you go. So you see it, but you won't support it. But you'll see Black Panther, you know, and you want, well, Black Panther, that's a bad example because we supported Black Panther. Yes, <laughs> but you'll see movie C over here. There's just as that we did, you know, as an African-American race. You'll see movie C not getting any support, and you see movie A with all these, you know, lead Caucasian and European or other ethnicities being the leading role. But movie B is better. But you're over here supporting movie A because you always got something negative to say about us. So it's like, and that's one thing about even uh, Mr. Perry, Tyler Perry. A lot of people complain about him and what he writes, and they don't want to support him. His fan base supports him, but you got other people in the African-American community that would rather tear him down and go and support Steven Spielberg because they feel like what he's doing, you know, is whatever. So and a lot of it is jealousy because of his come up and how he came up. So personally, I feel like our community is already aware. It's just we got to change our mindset and our mentality to be that where when one of us go up, we all go up. It's not me going up. It's going to keep you from going up. No, when you help me go up, I can pull you up as well. And then we get over to the entertainment industry as far as making them be more aware. They're already aware. <laughs> they obviously just don't care. So that's why we got to get the support in our own community where we build our own fan bases. We build ourselves up. So now we're not dependent on Hollywood dollars. We're not dependent on none of that because we got our own resources over here to make it happen. So I think on both sides, our community is aware and Hollywood is aware. They're not doing anything about it. So what are we going to do about it? Yeah, I hear so many stories of people that are in the industry, like in Hollywood now, and like even in that that writer's circle, when they get, um, they win like a competition, mm -hmm. they're, they're saying, okay, I know this other amazing writer, and they bring them with them. But mm -hmm. they didn't look like us. Yeah. But like I said, it's a reprogramming 
of some sort that needs to happen. Like this is not, we don't just need to leave each other. We, yeah. If you go and you get an opportunity and you open up a, a studio and whatever, mm-hmm. I can come and work my stuff. It should be, exactly. Yeah, I, be. I love this. Thank you so much, um, Paisa. Um, I'll be looking yeah. forward to um, your amazing work because it sounds so great. And well, thank especially you. Michelle is to you. And thank you for pulling me for that info. Yeah, I love to, I can talk about this all day. <laughs> I can't. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, you know, I just enjoy being a fly on the wall. <laughs> this was just so amazing. So, you know, I did tell you that I had a, a surprise. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I love surprises. And I just want <laughs> to do something amazing because I just want to support, you know, you every way I can. And so I definitely want to be in the audience for Love's Last Episode because I really want to experience the stage play. Thank you so, for support. And I wish it was in Atlanta. You'd be on the stage <laughs> for real. Well, like, yes. actually, yes. <laughs> so that's my surprise. So I am going to actually fly out to Atlanta to see the play. And I am going to some lucky person. I, well, I don't want to say lucky because I don't say lucky. I don't believe in luck. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. <laughs> favor. So there we some go. Some amazing favorite creative is yes. going to get um, flown out with me. So they're going to get a ticket, hotel accommodations to go see Love's Last Episode. And we are going to go see it in person and just see all of God's goodness on stage to support you. you. And I'm so excited. That blesses my heart for real. Thank you, Michelle, for the support. Yes, it's going to be amazing. And I'm actually, um, I think the way I want to do it, um, it would definitely have to be someone who has listened to this interview. And um, I might have um, a cold word or something, but it'll be something fun. But I'll let you choose the winner. <laughs> oh, okay. I get to choose. Yes. <laughs> I love if, it. I choose, if I choose, of course, that that might be like favoritism or something. Okay. So I don't want to be the one to choose. All right. So, um, so yeah, you choose um, preferably a, a female. Okay. Um, obviously, so we're going to be going together. Okay. So, Are we choosing uh, um, like other female creatives or? Yeah. Um, yes, okay. other female creatives um, who would just be inspired to, um, maybe this can inspire them to to get their project out, you know? Yeah, I would love that. With, you know, I'm gonna make a decision. So sometimes I get kind of stuck on decisions. So to help make the decision, maybe as they submit, they can also give um, how they're creative and fearless, or what they're creative and fearless about, or tell a part of their story. And hey, yeah. we we'll just read those stories and make the or how they push past it, or how they're pushing past it, and I just send a short snippet about you know their their story and how they're trying to make it as a woman or, you know, in the industry. And yeah, let's choose from there. I love it. That's such a great idea. The more more bolder and the more fearless, the better. Yes. I am so excited. This has been really a fun series because, you know, it's, well, I feel like all of the interviews and the conversations that I have are very unique. Um, Mm -hmm. But this has a very special place in my heart because I know I have a heart for women and just bringing women together. And then the fact that we're all creative and have these wonderful things in common. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to have women on this particular series that not only just walk in their earthly gifts, Mm -hmm. but 
their spiritual gifts that hey, you know don't get me started on that michelle yes. so me yes. my core is prophetic so i'm prophetic right so as you have witnessed with love's last episode um and that you i know you asked me earlier um about um miss chatfield when you ask um what my focus is so my focus is that it's got to have a message in it but my plays and my scripts are also how I use my prophetic giftings. But there is a scene where Michael Love gets his healing where God gave me verbatim the prophetic words to say. And this is the part of a part of the play that blesses everybody every single time. But with the actors, I tell them, I give you liberty to add, you know, ad lib or improv. But once you get to this part, there is no improv. So say it the way God said it. So it's funny that you said using our spiritual, our earthly giftings and our spiritual giftings, because I use my spiritual giftings prophetically in everything that I create. And yeah. that's when you know it's going to have change and it's going to have power because you're not you're not just walking in the heavenly. You're walking in dominion and power with these gifts. And that's going back to you, Miss Chatfield. That's why you can't be limited by what other people think. Yeah, they trying to do it in the heavenly. I mean, in the earthly, but you got some power in the heavenly. So you got all of heaven backing you with what you do. So it may not have worked for somebody else, but when God gave it to you, oh, he put it in your hands because he know I'm gonna give this uh, baton to her and she gonna run with it and heaven is backing her with it. So you run with whatever God has told you to do and know that if it didn't work for somebody else, sci-fi, whatever it is, it's gonna work for you because you spiritually gifted. We operating in two places, heaven and earth, heaven being the most highest. So anyway, don't put, <laughs> I had to go. That's good. Thank that you. Was good. This <laughs> is, wow. So we're peculiar people. We're different. This is amazing. Thank you so much, both of you, for being a part of this uh, conversation today. It was just amazing and just a blessing to me and I know so many others. And so Definitely. Um, Faiza, please share with the listeners how we can follow you on your journey, support all that you do, and just stay connected with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you can always go to my website, faizaimani.com, and that's F-A-I-Z-A-H-I-M-A-N-I.com. Social media, um, official Faiza Imani on Facebook, on Instagram. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. On Facebook, it's I am Faiza Imani. So I am Faiza Imani. And on Instagram, last year, my Instagram page got hacked. Couldn't get back into it, so I had to start over. So my Instagram following is real low right now, but Instagram is official Faiza Imani. And those are the best ways. And also, of course, on Clubhouse, um, as we get ready to do the play in Atlanta, probably going to do it on Clubhouse a couple of more times leading up to it, just so the actors can get in some you know, more rehearsal time. But on Clubhouse, I am Faiza Imani. Not I am Faiza Imani, but my username on Clubhouse is Faiza Imani. Nice. And I did see the Battle of Jericho coming soon. Yes. Um, what? Yes. Yeah, so the Battle of Jericho is another one. I ain't gonna put too much out there on that one, but it is about a character named Jericho Jackson who's been through some things and She's fighting the battle. She's trying. And here's another thing about me. So I don't know. God just worked it out where all of everything that I write, it has the name of the character in the title. And that's, you know, so anytime you see something, Love's last episode, Choosing Chastity, Chastity's name, Chastity Peterson. 
it's like the character's name is gonna always be in the title, but that's a part of my brand. But Jericho is about a, a lady named Jericho Jackson who's trying to tear down some walls from the, you know some things she's been through in her life. Ooh, yeah. wait, y'all better. And it's a battle. <laughs> Come on now, this is that's amazing. I know that's gonna be so wonderful. Wow. Well. This was this was great. I this this was a mic drop. I'm just gonna go ahead and I drop loved it. it. <laughs> this is awesome. I love that. I love like look. I love I can talk about creativity and God all day long. And hey man, that's, that's awesome. All right. Well, until next time. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And remember, you are the voice.